Hey everyone, welcome to Changemakers, a podcast about becoming an irresistible community. I'm Kelly Lippenholtz and my ministry partner, Susan Aldridge and I are exploring how you can change the culture in whatever community you are a part of to a culture of love. Susan, welcome to the episode. What are you finding irresistible right now? Right now, my irresistible thing is organizing videos. Have you seen these? They're out there where people are not talking. They're just organizing spaces in their home. And the word that the lingo (laughs) that the kids are and again, my 12 year old has brought these to my (laughs) attention. So she really has a bit of that organizational tendency. But it's um, very satisfying. You hear them open the drawer, unpack the toothpaste, put the toothpaste in an organizing tray. So again, it is like just organizing videos of people organizing (laughs) spaces. I believe last time something, it was something about purging. So you find it irresistible to clean and organize and purge and... It's spiritual, I think. It's it's great. great. We we worship and love a God of order. So maybe he's trying to teach me something. I don't know. There you go. What about you? Oh, I am finding um, the leaves on the trees irresistible. Um, I, You know, people say that fall is their favorite season. And if you're out there and fall is your favorite season, I, I just, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> it's too short. Yeah. Summer, summer has got to be the best. I know some people don't like the heat. I'm just kidding. You can love fall. Summer's my favorite season, but I really love the leaves. I love hiking in the woods and and hearing them crunch under my feet. I love the smell of like moldy leaves. It's just the smell of fall and I, I find it irresistible. It really, that is spiritual for me too. Hiking in the woods in, your environment. in the fall. Yep. Being in nature is very grounding. Yes. Um, well, in this podcast, we are talking about becoming an irresistible community and being changed so that we can be change makers alongside you. And there are six marks that Mm -hmm. we are talking about of a community that is a healthy culture. And the first one is slowed down spirituality. Number two is integrity and leadership. Three is a beneath the surface discipleship. Four, a healthy community. Five is passionate marriages and singleness, which we get to dive in very deep into that today. And then six, everyone in full-time ministry. Great. So last week we talked about what a healthy community looks like. And this week we're going to kind of get a little more closer to home with um, the topic of passionate marriages and singleness. And Susan, you and I have been kind of going through all this material together. This, again, is our reaction to Peter Scazzaro's emotionally healthy discipleship model. And this is one that I just didn't understand. Like, I don't, how does my marriage matter for the community? How does a person's singleness matter in the community? Like, I just didn't get this one. So get us started on this. I will. And again, the authenticity that Peter Scazzaro opens his books and his um, training with is um, sharing a vulnerability of his that he had this robust, thriving mm. parish, mm-hmm. but his wife was pretty much done. And she left the church. She left his she church. She was like, I Pastor's quit wife. your church. Yes. Yeah. And they're very transparent. So I'm not sharing any yeah. confidentiality here. This is <laughs> real life stuff that we're all experiencing. Mm. And so again, it's not a judgment on 
a, a great pastor can also have something happen at home sure. that is um, life stuff and difficult stuff, and it doesn't necessarily reflect on that person's um, holiness or whatever abilities. But I do think that um, taking care of our uh, relationships in our mo- our closest relationships, like yeah. a spouse, yeah, it, and in bringing God into that relationship, mm. so that others experience the love of God when they look in at your marriage or when mm. they look at how you're handling singleness, they look in and they say, wow, that person loves their community like unconditionally. That yeah. points them to God. So if your mm-hmm. marriage isn't pointing to God and your mission is to point people to God, I think that's what we're trying to talk about today. So. Ooh. That's, Get passionate. That's a challenge. I'm passionate today. But I mean, you are. I love it. And in, in a culture that changes lives, then we have to be willing to love our spouses and our friends and our families. Yeah, and that's easy. So you can just love your spouse, oh right? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. It is easy. Most of the time. Aw. <laughs> most of the time. And again, it's easy to love people when they're easy to love. But I do. Somebody told me, like, marriage is a spiritual gym. So <laughs> it's basically sanctifying for both parties. Oh and I gosh. do believe that yeah. fully. Yeah. Um, I had the experience of being married and I'm no longer married. And God taught me so much, so much through yeah. that process. So, again, he'll use it. And um, I am I, you know, here at Nativity, we have marriage prep. And one of the questions we ask all of our young people um, before they're married, as we're preparing them for marriage, is to come up with a vision for their marriage. And I think that is so cool if we could get young people on the track of thinking like, oh, the vision for my marriage is to model God's love to Mm. people that we spend time with. I mean, how amazing would that be? I never heard those words. I'm hearing them now for the first time. I've been just celebrated my 25th wedding anniversary a few days ago. So, um, and I'm just hearing this now. And so, and you know, do you know Don Miller? He's the story brand guy. Yes. I've heard of him. I don't know much, but I know that he got married pretty late in later in life. Not, he didn't get married in his twenties or thirties. I believe he got married later in his forties and he and his wife sat down and came up with a vision for their marriage. And it was around community and affecting the community of people that they are are with, that they spend time with all year long. And their home is like a revolving door. Like they have people at their house like 200 days of the year. And that was part of their vision. They invite people into their home um, who like are hospitality, or just and hospitality they love them and, love. and they serve Correct. them. And that's the Amazing. mission of a marriage. That's yeah. missional marriage. That is what that's I, a again. passionate marriage. Yeah. Yeah. That's why marriage without God is <laughs> harder. But again, he can do anything. So if you are listening and you're married or single, what what does it mean to try to model this in your own life? We think it means um, sacrifice. Yep. Ooh, that's exciting. Yep. No, it's not just it's romance not, yeah. and rainbows and butterflies. It's not getting to do whatever you want to do. It's yes. just not. You can't get married if that if that's what you want. Just no. to do whatever you want to do all the time. Jesus, I mean, God sacrificed his son because he loved us. So mm-hmm. we have to sacrifice everything, anything closest to our heart. Mm. And sometimes that means loving someone that isn't um, easy to love. And again, that incarnational listening, yep. caring yep. enough to to listen, being intimate, being free, being vulnerable. Uh, that's life-giving love. Yeah. Uh, God 
he wrote down so much he wanted us to read. He didn't keep it all bottled up and stick to himself. <laughs> and so, again, in our relationships, just modeling that type of love will bring life to the community and create an irresistible mm. environment. So who offers, you know, life-giving love like that to you? I mean, Jeremy, your husband, is amazing. I and mean, so he definitely loves me like yeah. that. And um, I'm very blessed and lucky to to have him. And I there's also a couple other people, um, friends of mine, that I can, that I feel like offer me that kind of life-giving love, but also when we're together, we shine for other people. You are one of those people for me, Susan. And then um, my friend Marianne, who lives in my neighborhood, is also one of those people for me. Like we have, we have that incarnational listening and we have freedom to be honest with each other and um, we're vulnerable with each other. We sacrifice for each other and and that's life-giving. And I think what we're saying here is when we can do that with each other, then other people see that. Again, they will know us by our love. Mm. They, you know, we are different. We are different. Our friendship is different than just two friends who have, you know, drinking in common, common or common sidelines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's different. And we want it to be different. How about you? Yeah, I mean, friendships plus faith equals like a just a different yeah. like, like kind of love. And um Two people, again, I'll just say, since you gave two people, one person I do believe was a providential friendship. We came uh, to get to know each other in one of the most difficult seasons of my life when I just felt very alone and not seeking God, um, sort of in despair state. And uh, we met and she modeled this gentleness. And I don't know if you were raised um, in a Christian home and had this experience like I did where I, I had like this fear-based understanding of God versus mm -hmm. a love, hmm. uh, loving God. It was more of this rules and regulations that I understood God to be sort of like this. He's watching. So uh, be mine good. Mine was more detached, a detached God. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, which I've never thought of until you just said that. Detached God. Detached. Yeah. And I'm Jesus. sure there's a lot of experiences as we learn about who God is and the character of God. Um, but I was definitely had a fear-based understanding. But um, mm. anyways, my point was she modeled this like just unconditional love that mm. could only be God. So I don't know if it was she embodied it awesome. or our friendship. And then another friend... Um, here at Nativity and Ministry has brought that to me, Shanna. Awesome. So amazing. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit about passionate marriages and singleness. Yep. And so if you're a small group leader or the leader of a ministry team, um, here's a question for you. I mean, you're you're not a marriage counselor, um, but how does the culture of your small group equip married people and single adults to live out that vocation in the community. Again, it's not your job to, you know, um, improve a marriage uh, from somebody in your small group, but it, it is our job as leaders to just lead people to understand that the end in mind is love in marriages and friendships and singleness. And so um, we're just asking the question, how do we lead from our marriages and our singleness? Do we, does our, our time and energy reflect um, love as a priority. So we'll close out today and we have one more mark of a irresistible community to cover. And we're going to do that uh, next time when we talk about everyone in full-time ministry. So thanks for joining us today on the podcast, Change Makers. We'll see you next time.